0: and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you want to know the answer, you're in the right place. Hi, everybody. Megan Thompson here with Megan Thompson Coaching. This is a topic that we've heard parents for years discuss. The The experience of dealing with a mal- daily meltdown cycle isn't unique for parents of highly sensitive kids who are struggling. And so the challenge that you can have even more so right now is the struggle of dealing with the daily meltdowns and not knowing how to break out of it and not even having social support on top of that, right? So it can lead to a lot of emotions around wanting to give up and a lot of urges to give up when you are parenting a highly sensitive child who is just day in and day out struggling on a daily basis and so that obviously impacts your emotional state right it impacts how you're you're feeling on a daily basis it impacts how you're relating to your child it impacts how you're able to communicate your needs to your child and communicate help your child communicate their needs and so when that's happening you can really struggle to operate from a place of feeling like a strong parent who knows exactly what to say um, and who can call up the skills that you may have had in a different time. Um, and, and with that being said, we see this pattern happen for parents of highly sensitive kids, even when um, you know years ago when we were, we were starting to do this work. So I really want to break down the cycle of parenting a highly sensitive child that is not indicative to just a pandemic, but obviously it's impacted. Because a lot of parents will wonder if this cycle will stop um, once the, the world, quote unquote, goes back to normal. And it's also true that when you're parenting a highly sensitive child, it's really important to know how to break out of it when, um, when you're feeling stuck, if you can't change the environment outside of your home because what we know to be true about parenting a highly sensitive child is that when you're struggling, it, the only thing that you can help your child change is how they relate to the world, and that has to come from you. We know that's true not just in our work here at MTC, but also related to the science about parenting highly sensitive kids. There are lots of books and research articles that will speak to the same concept, which is Vantage sensitivity. Um, highly sensitive children have a much better um, have much better odds in relating to the world and sh- and performing effectively in the world, not just academically, but also in um, in in their home behaviorally and emotionally. If their relationship to their parents, that their their environment gives them the the vantage point that they need to thrive, um, rather than just survive. And so. Many of you who are parents of highly sensitive children and, and um, who are, are highly sensitive yourself, and you may recall struggling in your childhood as um, part of your story when we think about how you were raised and the traditional parenting strategies that your parents might've used. And um, this can be significantly impactful for parents who are wondering how to break out of this pattern, but not knowing how to do it because you you didn't have a, a, an effective um no judgment here, just not not an effective role model in how you were parented. Um, or it's difficult because your highly sensitive child is different than how you showed up in the world and the world is different now. So let's really break down what we're talking about when we think about parents who are struggling with the daily meltdown cycle, right? When you're struggling with the meltdowns and also feeling trapped in your house or feeling trapped in trying to get your kid to school or to log on to school, There's a big overwhelming experience as a parent of needing to feel like there's that this problem needs to be solved now, right? And when you're wiped out uh, in terms of feeling like the problem needs to be solved now, there's a lot of urgency in that experience, right? Especially if your child is struggling with school, and um, but. Not just that, right? Because if your child is breaking down on a daily basis, wondering if they should continue to live, we see this happen day in, day out with parents of sensitive kids, children saying, you know, life would be better off without me. Children are saying things like, you know, I wish I wasn't born, um, statements of that nature is frightening for a parent and obviously very scary for your child to say, and, um, If your child is aggressive, they may be struggling with managing and controlling their own body, right? And so that's scary. There's an urgency for you as a parent to fix it. You need to stop the behavior and you have that uh, experience. And so it can be quite exhausting for your child and for you to be stuck in this pattern. And it leads to a lot of parents feeling like they should just give up. Now, I'm not saying you would ever do that because obviously, especially if you're watching here, you, you resonate with people who fix the problem, <laughs> right? And 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 you're a problem solver. And it it's also true that if those thoughts are running through your mind, it's really important to take a clear look at them and not just flick them away uh, as as if they're dust on your shoulder, like they don't exist. Because it's important that we we cover this topic thoroughly because many of the patterns that we see parents get stuck in actually perpetuates the problem and it's not just about having a sneaky thought about wanting to go escape your your life in that moment, um, your life as a parent, your responsibilities, but. Also, the the fact that joy isn't there and no human in their right mind wants to live a life without joy just exuding in their household, right? So the the level of escape that you might be having as a parent and the need to escape is also a self-preservation tactic, a self-preservation response, I should say. And so what that means is that if for you as a parent, if you're trying to solve the problem and trying to end this meltdown cycle, and you're constantly having feelings of wanting to dip out then it's really important to pay attention to that because that's a pretty clear sign that resentment is creeping in or um, fear, or overwhelm, and uh, is compounding. That. And the next thing in line is powerlessness and helplessness. And that can lead to a feeling of, of being a victim to your child's emotions. So I want to break this down because once you give away your power to your child, your child fares significantly poorly, poorer, um, if I'm using proper semantics here so let's let's talk about this and i'm going to share some personal examples um, as well to really break it down and make this real because a lot of parents are wondering um, if they are you know when we think about the the slippery slope of, of dealing with the meltdown cycle and not knowing how to solve it and that intensity can kind of creep on you and and you can go down further down the the um the slide if you will of intensity it's important to understand where you're at in that bell curve of intensity, Um, or the slide I guess is a better, um, you know, snowball rolling down a hill is a better um, metaphor here. Okay, so when you're stuck as a parent and you're dealing with meltdowns on a daily basis or aggression on a daily basis and your child is struggling regularly, there's an experience of feeling like you can't breathe (laughs) and that can lead to the experience of feeling like you're drowning like there's no way out and there's your backs up against the wall and that's a fight-or-flight response and if your child is experiencing the meltdowns they are also experiencing that fight-or-flight response and so when that's happening for you if you don't have the skills to move out of that then your child definitely won't be able to build the scales because research demonstrates that highly sensitive children learn best through their parents um, and so this is why many of you will say in all sorts of avenues, uh, whether that be in the Facebook group or our clients, um, that therapy isn't effective because it's it's an outside avenue that's teaching your child, but the parent-child relationship has to be the core to solving the problem. So um, the, the, the focus on shifting out of this dynamic for your family needs to come first from you. And, and unfortunately, what we see is when parents are in this perspective and this this experience of feeling like they're drowning, they often start to just focus on survival. But the survival mode is just focusing the problem on the problem of the day, right? Um, in therapy, uh, in, in um, I should say, in, in jaded experiences that I've had in, um, like, community mental health, because I, I started my career in community mental health, um, I would watch jaded clinicians call it the crisis of the week or the flavor of the week, Um, where clients would bring up an issue that was just focused on that week. They weren't looking at the big picture. Now, clinicians who had been doing this over and over and over again, they were burnt out. So they would start to, for lack of a better word, mock the situation. That's not helpful either. But for you, what you're focusing on in this moment is what's right in front of you rather than looking at the big picture. And that doesn't actually solve the problem. So I wanna talk about this because what, what happens in the moment when your child is disappointed and frustrated and stuck, and that's showing up in their big emotions, you may be saying things like, don't worry, it's gonna be okay. Or, I know this is hard, but we'll figure it out. Um, and, and, you know, being a pipit parade or a buck-up kind of um, approach. Either way, um, both neither help your child solve the problem. And when that happens, you're exerting more energy towards change than your child is. And your child feels not only confused and stuck, but also invalidated. And as a result, you are working harder than your child because you're working in opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, Not to say that your child isn't doing hard work. Nobody wants to feel miserable. No child was put on this earth to feel miserable and nobody wants to feel miserable. So your child is not making an active choice to lose their mind. I almost dropped an S-bomb there for a second. Your child is not making an active choice. Don't follow that talk track and think that that's relevant. What I'm focusing on at this point is that you guys are just completely at opposite ends. You're at odds and you don't even know it. And so that's why we're here. That's why we're talking about it. So the next problem that we see for parents is that we're t- that they get zeroed in on trying to teach their child coping skills, just learning what to do in the moment, how to help their child go from 10 to zero, or <laughs> if we're getting really real here, 100 to zero, right? In the moment. And when your child is stuck in that moment, when you're trying to tell them to, okay, breathe, or you know, blow it up like a balloon, or let's go bubbles, whatever, um, what have you, your child in that moment is stuck, and you're trying. It's it can feel often for you as a parent like you're trying to move a mule. Now again. I'm not implying that your child is stubborn, that's not what I mean, but the level of weight that you're trying to throw your body up against to move your child who is stuck in that emotion can feel like you are literally moving and I don't know how many pound (laughs) a donkey (laughs) weighs, animal. So it's really, really exhausting, right? And so this is that whole component of feeling like you're giving up. These are the things that are contributing to that pattern. and and then the next thing is that they, you know, parents will often try to change the environment, but in a way that is ineffective. And so when we talk about knowing how to help your child and breaking out of the cycle, obviously you're going to pay attention to some triggers but with that being said it's really important we often see parents go from you know not noticing your child's triggers to trying to figure them out to then trying to protect your kid from those triggers and then they just like eliminate all problems for their kid and that is basically a bubble boy situation now I'm not talking about um I'm talking about this from an emotional standpoint, right? Basically trying to protect your kid from all challenges and you're you're just swimming in whoa, whoa, whoa basically treat, treating your kid with kid gloves and not asking them to do regular old everyday things because of a fear of a blow up. That's also referred to as walking on eggshells, right? Um, not knowing how to ask your kid to put their dishes in the dishwasher because they just simply will lose their mind if you interrupt their playtime you know they got up from the table and they went to go straight to legos and then you reminded them of what the step was that needed to be in in between and they tossed their legos and then they got sad about tossing their legos and now you just have a a disaster on your hands and your feet hurt because you're stepping on legos while trying to clean them up right everything is more everything is bigger and everything feels like it's too much but the hardest part about this is that you, as a parent, know you don't want to send the message to your child that they are too much, right? Because highly sensitive children are put on this earth for a reason. Otherwise, evolution would have, would have burned the trait out, right? It's necessary. It's necessary. And so knowing that, it's really crucial for you as a parent to take intelligent and effective action around how to strategically solve the problem and I don't mean to say that if you're stuck in this that you're not intelligent what I mean to say is that when you are stuck in this pattern you're in reactive mode and that you know doesn't feel like the most appropriate avenue of addressing the problem so that's what we're talking about here so we think about being a participant in the problem right for you as a parent what what the objective is today is to support you in breaking out of that. Stop feeling like a, a participant in the problem, and at at the very least, but at the the at at um you know in order to to eliminate the worst, which is to stop, which is what happens when you're exhausted, right? You end up yelling, you end up shutting down, you end up, as I already mentioned, stop holding your kid accountable for their chores and responsibilities, and then that's when your thoughts go spinning around and around, around worrying how your child will ever get out of this, right? How you'll ever lead your child in being able to manage their emotions safely, healthily, and effectively so that they can grow up and and feel empowered as a, as a, as a young adult. And if that's the case, then you're going to continue to argue either with your spouse or co-parent, if that's relevant for your home in a two parent household, um or stay frustrated and continue to feel like you can't trust your kid to follow through on your expectations because there's just no point, right? It always ends up in a meltdown, why even ask? And that that component, that is where the snowball leads down the hill and you start to say what's the point myself, right? And so as a parent, that's a terrifying experience, right? Because you didn't you didn't bring your child into the world or welcome your child into your family with the perspective that eventually you would throw your hands up in the air, right? And so when that thought comes through your mind, it's very important to take that seriously because I have to tell you that most parents don't have that thought on a regular basis. Now, every parent has a hard day, right? A couple of them sprinkled through the 18 years we raise our kids for at least, right? But what I'm talking about for, for those of you, uh, I'm talking to those of you who are struggling on a daily weekly multiple times a day basis where you just feel like you're ready to go and and i want to bring up an experience uh, myself because i experienced this in a different way you know i'm not um when i had gave birth to my daughter and we were trying to plan um we were we were breastfeeding and she had some issues latching and that wasn't working. Um, And I received some really ineffective advice for the first four weeks of her life. And so because I was very determined to solve this problem, um, I constantly felt like giving up because I did, I wasn't receiving the the most appropriate strategy. And I was constantly focusing on trying to solve the problem in that moment, which obviously is like, make sure my kid is fed in that moment, right? Now, this is not, I'm not going (laughs) to a like, diatribe about breastfeeding or anything like that. I'm talking about my own internal experience and my own internal experience at that point was postpartum anxiety around the fact that I couldn't solve this problem for my precious little baby. And my anxiety in that moment, the exhaustion, the fear, the frustration, the worry led me to thoughts of, I should just go. I should just go. Okay. And that was appealing to me because it escaped the problem it closed the door. And I should just go for me was a real thought, a, a dream of living in Australia. I don't know why Australia, I've never been there. I'm sure it's beautiful. I have friends who live in Australia. We have clients who are in Australia. But for me, that was a real thought that was coming to my brain on a daily basis when I was overwhelmed because I couldn't meet my objective of helping my daughter eat in the way that I had pictured it to be lovingly connected, connective. And so, and nobody, nobody knew what the problem was. Nobody knew what the problem was until four weeks in. Um, and so as much as I had persisted to solve the problem and also make sure she ate, um, it was very isolating it was a very isolating experience and i'm able to talk about it now obviously she's she's four and a half so it's a lot (laughs) a lot a lot of time has passed but um in that moment it was terrifying terrifying to experience a feeling like i couldn't fix the problem even though i was trying all of the things i'm not going to go into a diatribe but if it was on the internet I had tried it, and I had tried it consistently. Um, it wasn't, I wasn't looking for a magic pill. And so um, if it was, you know, coming from the, the professional's mouth, I also tried it too. I didn't just Google the, to solve the problem. But what I'm speaking about at this point is that we see the same pattern in parenting for highly sensitive kids. And that is trying to solve this problem from the root of the, the, the issue in, that's in front of you in that moment, but not knowing the bigger picture right? The bigger picture oftentimes can require an outside perspective. So here's why we're talking. Okay. The first thing that we want to encourage you guys to do to to solve this problem is to focus on your value of leadership in your home. Now, when we think about what that means, when, when it's difficult to help your child follow through on your expectations, when your child is struggling on a regular basis and you are stuck, not knowing how to break out of the meltdown cycle, oftentimes you feel less like a leader in your home, less like a um, supportive, you know, we go first kind of person and more like a follower. And your child, who's highly sensitive, has no idea what they're doing to manage their big emotions, right? Obviously, (laughs) they're so stuck. And I say this tongue in cheek, but obviously that hits home for you because as a parent of sensitive kids or kid, you know it's up to you you've read the research, you've, you've acknowledged the, maybe you've watched the masterclass, you've learned the system in terms of what needs to happen, but you're feeling continuously stuck and that is defeating. And so when you tap into the value of needing to lead your child out of their own emotions, it's important to understand your definition of leadership. If your definition of leadership means that you solve all problems, i got news for you, that's micromanaging, right? And as a result, your child is going to continue to feel stuck and continue to feel like they can't solve the problem. So um, that's really important for you to pay attention and ask yourself, "What do leaders do? What do leaders do?" And um, and pay attention, as I mentioned before, to the bigger picture and not just what you know. Asking yourself that question in the moment. Um, But on a regular basis, do leaders solve the problem at the root? Do leaders, um, you know, acknowledge their child's needs and then look to systematically solve the problem? And then do they have their child feel uncomfortable at times? Um, And and this is the next piece of that, right? My advice to you is to stop overperforming for your child. Now, highly sensitive kids can often feel like they don't know how to solve any problems. And so they can often underperform. Now, when I use the word perform, I'm not talking about A's. (laughs) I'm not talking about being academically successful. That may be great. You know, your child might be um, academically successful um, or they may be academically gifted or highly intelligent. Um, I'm not just talking about performance in terms of how their gifts show up in the world um, from a um, product in hand way, Right. What I'm talking about is how your child handles problems. Do they handle their problems creatively? Do they handle their problems calmly? Do they handle their problems with capability, right? Do they handle their problems by reaching out for help? Do they advocate for their needs? Because regardless of your child's abilities, you and I have all met those people who have great abilities, but no no effort towards trying, right? They either can nail it or they don't do it, right? A Good friend in college. who, you know, aced his SATs, uh, but struggled, struggled to actually get the work done in college, um, because he didn't have the skill to persist through challenge, right? That's a skill. Um, And so this is going to show up for your kid if they don't have the ability to manage their own emotions, because what is a challenge? It's emotional. It's emotional. And so... When you're stuck solving your problem, their child's problems for you, right? Saying, okay, you're, you're having a big emotion. Breathe, breathe. Let's do it. Okay. Will this work? Will that work? with that, you know, what are you doing? You're just running through solutions in that moment and your child's struggling and they don't know which one to pick. And they also don't know who to follow because you are in reactive mode. Right? So, um, that, is overperforming. It's going to perpetuate your exhaustion and perpetuate your experience of needing, needing to give up. That's really what it was, right, for me when I was, um, when I was overloaded in in trying to help my kid eat effectively <laughs> in the way that I thought that she should be able to, um, and not should from a place of like I was shaming my baby. Like she's an infant, of course, she doesn't know how to eat uh, um, effectively. Um, And in my mind, the way that I thought it was supposed to work wasn't working. And when that didn't work, I didn't know how to solve the problem any other way. um, Efficiently and effectively. And so for me, um, the biggest experience was needing to just break away from it. Just give up. And obviously, as I mentioned before, that was terrifying um, to even think about that as an option because I I would never do that ever. Um, It's just not in my bones to give up on a problem, but especially not on my child. And I know that's true for you guys. That's why you listen um, and why you're watching and, and, um, and why you're here to solve the problem because you love your child so much so that you don't want them to feel miserable and you know that they weren't here to stay miserable and you know that you deserve a different life as well. And so knowing that persisting by not actively solving the problem um, and allowing your child to solve the problem is part of the challenge, part of the challenge to release that overperformance, Um Because when... When you are performing at that level, you're you're you are acting almost like a a clown at home. And I'm not trying to say like you're. Um, I'm gonna I'm just gonna be blunt. You're putting on a show for your kid, and it feels like at times you're a magician or a clown, or you're just, you know, you should just put makeup on your face and 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 um, and convince your kid to do all of the things. Then they have to be fun, and they have to be in this certain way, and they have to have that kind of chicken nugget with no black specks on it, and they have to be um, this kind of smoothie with no extra, um, you know, with no extra protein in it, but they never eat. So of course you want to give them protein and then, uh, you know, and then, and then if they don't play the game the right way and the way that that they didn't tell you that they needed to play it because they thought you should read their mind, then what happens? Kaboom. Right? That's exhausting. I got exhausted trying to say it all at once. Right? And so you know that. I know that. And what's happening is you're perpetuating that cycle. So we want to break you out of that. Stop overperforming with your kids and solve your child's problem in, by helping them solve their problems. And um, as a result, then you can, you can stop protecting them from their own emotions. And this, as a result, lets them feel their feelings and you trust them. And when you trust them, they trust themselves to feel their feelings. Because bottom line is guys, when we think about highly sensitive kids who are dealing with big emotions that are so scary, that they don't want to live anymore, or that they don't feel like life is worth living, or they feel like you would be better off without them, or that you don't love them, which is the same kind of emotion, guys, that's still a self rejection emotion, saying to your parent, you don't love me, that is rooted in self-rejection which is the same emotional experience as suicidal thoughts so um it's important to not just dismiss that as a, a a needy child saying something like that um no child needs anything more than love from their parent so if that thought is crossing their mind then it's relevant for their experience don't dismiss it so knowing that when your child is struggling with those big emotions when they are struggling with those deep emotions and they don't know how to break out of it and they don't know how to feel empowered in solving that problem of feeling a big emotion without whacking their sibling punching their sibling whacking holes in the walls throwing toys and breaking them and making things worse with you or their family members or with themselves your child feels incapable of managing their emotions. And in order to know that you can help them and for them to trust that you can help them, you need to trust that they can handle their feelings. And you have to do that systematically because especially if your child is starting to say the scary stuff that we just talked about um, or do you know, do the really exhausting, um, you know, stay stuck in the really exhausting behavior patterns, they are running on fumes too, just like you. And so it is very hard to solve a problem like this without support because you need to draw from the energy of another person in order to break out of this exhaustion. Um, so that support often for many parents looks like working with a professional. And, um, and so if that's the case, then we suggest that you book a call with us because when the challenge is in breaking out of the pattern, and for you, if hearing, trust your kid to feel their feelings, <laughs> leaves alarm bells in your mind, no, back up, back up, meet, beep, 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 what's happening? You're just now happening. You're having that escape route experience. That oh snap moment, that oh shit moment that you're having right now is the exact experience that your child is having on a daily basis multiple times a day and they have no idea how to break out of it and if you're stuck in that pattern and the research demonstrates that highly sensitive kids need to learn through their parents then how are you going to break them out without support how are you going to do that so the objective at this point is to solve the problem in a systematic way, and you need to be able to do that with somebody who can, who can tell you what to handle first, right? Now, whether that's with us or with somebody else, I don't know, because I can't help you through your comment on in the internet. Um, I don't know the whole picture. We, we speak to many families who are uh, going to be more effectively served by another avenue, But what's super, super crucial for you to know is that when we help parents solve this problem, they finally feel like they have a repeatable system and they finally feel like they can trust themselves because that is the bottom line. When you feel like you're giving you want to give up as a parent. This, what's stemming from that is your fear that you can't trust yourself to lead your child out of this mess. And that is a very clear indicator that you need help. Okay. Because, you know, to go back to my, my uh, story about what I was speaking about earlier, I couldn't breastfeed my kid. It just wasn't working. I had low supply. She had a latch problem. Neither of those issues were identified um there were other issues that that you know professionals were telling me were were the problem i was trying everything under the sun to raise my supply with the assumption that that was the case and finally was able to work with somebody who had experience to solve the problem and um and and that increased our connection increased my ability to feel capable of solving the problem and then i was able to make a decision for to raise my child effectively right um, my supply never recovered because it took so long. And so with that being said, I stopped feeling ca- incapable of helping my daughter. And that incapability, once I started to feel capable, I no longer feel felt like I needed to escape. I no longer felt like I needed to move to Australia and never say anything again to my kid. And obviously, like I said before, That was absolutely not an option. So when you're stuck in this perpetual pattern of feeling like you have no idea how to break out of feeling frustrated, aggravated, and you have no way, shape, or form to support your child in doing the same. Right? And, and stopping feeling frustrated and aggravated and having a meltdown because that's their only option at that point, not because it's a conscious, conscious choice, but because they don't have skills to stop the snowball from rolling down the hill, then it's imperative that you seek support because when we see parents struggle day in, day out, and they read a book or they listen to a podcast, or they follow a a typical parenting strategist, Um, the typical parenting advice does the exact opposite of what you need to do for your highly sensitive child. And that's why what we do is effective because the focus is on trusting your child to solve their own problems. Your child who's highly sensitive has the avenue to tap in to their own intuition more effectively than non-highly sensitive people when you help them build that skill. Now, if you're highly sensitive and intuition is a challenge for you, what that means is that you've been living more in fear than you've been living in trust. And so this is the first step just to break out of that. You gotta focus on who you can trust, how to, how to trust somebody and ask questions to, to build that trust. And so if that's the case, if you're stuck in feeling like you have no idea how to help your child stop the meltdown cycle, communicate their needs creatively, and advocate for what they need because you know your child knows what they need. They know it, it's in there. It's, it's, it's locked up in there, but they know it. Just like when you vent and somebody says, have you tried this or have you tried that or have you tried this third thing? When that third thing comes to mind, You, It hits you. You're like, yes, that's exactly what I need, right? That's your intuition. That's your intuition speaking. The fear might say, but what if it doesn't work? That's the yeah, but voice. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it. So when we think about the strategy that you need to help your child build their intuition so that they know what's going to work well for them and they stop yes, butting you day in and day out, that is... We're going to require you to, to get on the phone because when you have a conversation with myself or my team, we're going to take a clear look at where you're struggling, what your challenges are, what sort of dynamic your, your child is, is stuck in and what pattern you're stuck in, whether that be exhaustion, fear, fear of fleeing your family, fear of um, giving up or fear of just feeling disconnected. Giving up doesn't need to mean you're going to move to Australia, like how I felt. <laughs> it could mean just checking out emotionally or building resentment and looking at your kid and saying, this kid is a monster. And having that thought in your brain sit there for more than a millisecond is not just exhausting, but awful and difficult as a parent and it is not an experience that you need to continue to perpetuate and I say perpetuate because for you as a parent if that's happening then you got to do something about it because nobody including you what deserves to stay miserable and nobody was put on this earth to be miserable and so when you when you book a call with us we'll take a look at where you're stuck well, take a look at where you wanna go, whether that be being able to feel connected and playful and help your child feel like they can name their emotions and say, oh, I felt frustrated about that, mom. I don't like that, right? We're not asking you to raise a robot who just, or 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 what, what is that movie? I never saw it, Ferdinand, like where he's a little bull, like prancing in the flowers <laughs> and just like everything's sunshine and rainbows. That's the opposite of this problem, right? Pretending everything's fine. It's the opposite of this problem. We're talking about being able to teach your child how to acknowledge disappointment. You ask them to do the dishes and they say, oh, mom, right now, really? Can I have five minutes? And you look at the clock and you say, "Yep, yeah, sure. Five minutes is fine. And then when five minutes rolls around, they come to you and they say, sure. Thanks. Appreciate it, mom. That's all I needed, right? That's what we're talking about. We're talking about your child being able to acknowledge their emotions, name them, communicate them, problem solve in the moment, and follow through. Those five things. If that's something that you're struggling helping your child do so that you can go back to living, so that you can read a book on a Sunday instead of feeling like you have to referee your kids, so that you can take a walk and a hike out in the sunshine when there are very few availabilities in life right now without feeling like you have to drag your kid and buckle him in against his will, so that you can have an evening time, calm, cool, collected, relaxed, intimate even, with your spouse or co-parent, your partner, without feeling like you have to hold your breath before you sleep, because tomorrow is going to be another day, and you just can't give one more second, If that's what you're struggling breaking free of and getting into, then book a call because it's simply a conversation that helps you notice what it's going to take to solve the problem, where you're stuck, what you need to do first, how you need to prioritize it, and whether or not we can help you. And if we can, we'll tell you exactly how that works and we'll get you rocking on that plan. And if it's not, then we'll point you in the direction so you know exactly what your next steps are. All right, guys. And uh, best of luck to you. We look forward to talking to you soon. Bye. Thank you for joining me on this episode of How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. We release a brand new episode every week, so be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a fit to work with us at MTC, here's what I want you to do next. Head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call and book an appointment with our team. We'll get on the phone for about 60 minutes and we'll get you clarity on where you're stuck in parenting your sensitive child or teen, what your goals are for supporting your child's development. And if we can help you, we'll get you started on knowing exactly what to do to eliminate that meltdown cycle. Eliminating the daily meltdown cycle does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. And we've helped hundreds of clients from all over the world end that cycle in as little as eight weeks. So, To see if we can help you do the same, head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call. I'm Megan Thompson, and we look forward to speaking to you soon.